What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We're now on Apple Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday. You can find all of our content on YouTube at the Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at the Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This episode is sponsored by the Law Office of Mound and Tranger. Tom Mound and Randy Tranger are board certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal defense. As certified trial attorneys, they have recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freehold and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, call Mountain and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. This is the Drop Podcast, where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Coulot. Hello, friends. Welcome back for a huge, gigantic week. But before we get into the episode, we want to remind everyone that we're selling a limited edition, the Drop Podcast polos. You can pre-order at flukeapparelco.com and choose from any of the three designs listed on their website. With each polo purchased, we are going to be donating $5 to the Jersey Shore First Tee Program. Go order a great polo for an even better cause. You don't want to miss this exclusive offer. It's not going to last forever. Guys, I can't tell you how excited we are for this week's episode. We have none other, the one, the only, Jim Nance, lead broadcaster for CBS Sports. Yeah, you heard me. I said Jim Nance. He does the NFL. You probably heard him. He does college basketball. He just finished up his last Final Four. You've probably heard him. But most importantly, for our cause, he does the Masters. Jim Nance is big, big time, guys. Big, big time. How did we get him, you asked? Well, we were lucky enough to connect with him through Dottie Pepper and Jeff Zielinski. So thank you so much, guys, for putting our name out there. It was such an honor to be able to talk to him. We got to spend about 30 minutes with him on Wednesday before the PGA Championship started. Uh, He was getting inducted into the Hill of Fame at Oak Hill Country Club. So we we had a short amount, you know, a short window to to chat with him. And it was just so, so cool. It really was awesome. Um, He's from Marlboro, New Jersey. So he's a a New Jersey guy. He's got the New Jersey roots. He's got some amazing stories. And, and just some, some incredible insight into growing up in New Jersey, golfing in New Jersey. It was really, really special for both Mike and I. You cannot miss this conversation. Make sure you stick around afterwards. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I've been chomping at the bit for this one. I, I, you know, these are the things that, you know, you know, people constantly are asking us, Rye, how did you get this person? How did you get this person on? Or how would you get that person on? And the grind is real behind the scenes. Like we are nonstop trying to find people that we think fit what we're trying to do. And I think when you talk about like golfing in the garden state, you know, Jim Nance 
epitomizes that. Like he covers every one of those bases. And it's so crazy when you guys, you know, get to the episode or get to the, uh, the interview, his stories, he acts like he just played these places the other day. He's reminiscing and being able to talk to us as if he just was there. And the reality is he wasn't. So listen, it was an unbelievable 30 minutes. And, and I know one that you and I won't forget. Uh-huh. It was it was special. So, yeah, really, really incredible stuff from from Jim. And and um, and again, thank you to Jeff and Dottie for for helping us out there. So for those that don't know, Jim played college golf at University of Houston and he he was high school basketball and golfer at Marlboro High School, went on to play golf at, at University of Houston. He was sweet mates with Freddie Couples that like super famous smooth boom boom freddy couples and um so he's got some great stories about them he's he's a he's a golfer through and through and being from new jersey i mean i don't know if there might be bigger fish out there for us mike in terms of like professional golfers but i i think this was the epitome of what we're trying to do he's a new jersey guy uh at the top of his craft I, I, it was, a, it was a home run. It was really, like I said before, it was an honor having him on and spending some time with him and just hearing his voice as we were talking was, was surreal. Cause you've heard his voice. And so, I mean, you and I grew up with his voice going back to when we were in, in like pre high school, he's, he's been the voice of so much stuff for us. So it was just, it was it was incredible. It was absolutely. I'm going to try not to use the word incredible or amazing as much as I can, but that's the only. I don't have the words to describe it. It was so 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 cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know what I thought was really interesting a lot about it was, you know, like he's reminiscing on golf courses for you and I that are like really in our area, and I know that we've been fortunate to stretch to many different parts of this state, but like he focused so heavily on like just think, you know. I guess I don't even want to ruin the interview. I think the at the end of the day, you got to listen to the whole thing because he touches on so many different things and so many of so many people in our audience are going to be like, oh, I know that spot. Oh, I've been there. And it just like makes you think like, wow, a guy of his stature is so easy to talk to. He knows everywhere that we go, that we play Again, I, I know we talk about this often and I know we get DMs like, you said it every time, but it is a must listen to interview. <laughs> yeah. So the thing that I took away from it was Mike, his, he talks like that. Like that's how he sounds obviously, but then even the words that he uses in the interview, it's, it's like his, his on screen voice and vernacular is the same as in our a normal conversation with two other guys just talking about New Jersey and and golf in New Jersey it was it was it was amazing it really was so uh, as Mike said we don't want to ruin the interview make sure you stick around for it it's it was awesome Mike let's uh let's get into the New Jersey four ball huh yeah, let's do it. Are you? Are you? Do you want to? Are you okay to do that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, you know what the best part about you know like so if we if we date back to la- obviously everybody's listening to this is it's Wednesday and if you're dating back to last Tuesday, um, my partner Austin Devereaux and I you know had qualified for the you know NJSGA Four Bowl Championship. Um, it's the first major of theirs of the year, and I can't lie for someone like me that's never made it to this 
to the next level of this tournament. You know, I had said to Austin while we were out there, listen, I, I hope I can contribute somewhat again. You know, you're obviously the horse here and I'm just the jockey just, you know, coming along for the ride. If we get into match play, that's a bonus for someone like me because, you know, I don't have the pedigree that Austin does. And I can't lie, watching him play, I think when I did, when we were looking back after the round, you know, I, I was able to contribute not as much as I kind of was hoping, but he had gone on a birdie tear, I think, at one point where I think in the round alone he had made five or six birdies on his own ball. Like, obviously, you know, I want to say it was six, but that may be wrong and I don't want to get yelled at by the audience, but it might be five or six. And he had finished with like 60, 68. And we had finished minus six on the day. And thankfully, I was able to contribute on 16, 17, 18, coming down the stretch and making three good pars for us um, to get us in the house. And, and we got into match play. And we were the sixth seed out of, you know, like we had mentioned last week, the top 16 teams get in. And we were the sixth seed. So. Which is huge. Mike, I'm going to interrupt you there. That's huge. That's not like you squeaked in. Like, you guys you guys played golf. Like, obviously, Austin's a stud. But, like, I think you're understating how helpful you were in that. Like, if you don't, if you don't play that well, or if you don't even par out those holes to, to ham and egg it a little bit, you guys, you guys are the 16-15 seed, or you don't get in. So, like, you're the sixth seed. Like, that's that's better than, like, your top half. I, I, that's, that's super yeah, impressive. Listen, yeah, Yeah, so we were, so, listen, I don't know if, I don't, I don't want to speak for him, but I know his expectations were maybe a little higher than mine because I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. But I do also want to say this about Hamilton Farm. That place is unbelievable. I mean, when you drive up to this place, the clubhouse looks like an, an absolute mansion, like this big castle just all the, out there. The driving range, unbelievable. All grass, all the way down. Um, I got to see our buddy Nick Bova out there giving some lessons. I saw him a couple times. Um, I was fortunate to hey, meet Nick. their head. Yeah, <laughs> I was fortunate to meet their their director of golf, Drew Jordan, while I was out there. It was a, an unbelievable thing. So getting through on Tuesday, you knew you were coming back on Wednesday. And like we had mentioned, you know, Wednesday turns into a possible 36 holes of match play. You have an 18-hole match in the morning, an 18-hole match in the afternoon, and then it would have been would have been the same on Thursday. So I know we had spoken about like, oh, let's get the AirPods in. Let's have like an on-course interview. Well, we did have that. It was just a little different. So it's funny that Jim Nance is on today's episode because Jim Nance gave us 30 minutes of, of time on Wednesday while I was playing at the New Jersey State four ball. So I had to ask Brad Barden, and I, I thank him a million times for, for giving me the thumbs up and the clearance to do that. The NJSGA's rule committee, like we had to go through a couple of hoops to get me okay to do it. Um, as long as I wasn't, you know, being disrespectful to the group that we were playing with. Um, but yeah, I threw the AirPods on starting on the 10th hole and the rules marshal knew that I was getting on the call. Um, my partner obviously knew I was getting on the call and, and it was just crazy because I, I'm going through this interview with you while playing. So it was like our own little, the drop podcast version <laughs> of 
an AirPod conversation like Jim Nance does in CBS Sports, you know, except <laughs> at a little lower, little lower level, you know. <laughs> you mean you mean you're not you're not uh, Justin Thomas walking down the 14th hole at Augusta? <laughs> Nah, no, nah, I'm just just the average Joe. <laughs> average but Joe best... walking down the tenth hole at Hamilton Farms. <laughs> so, and you know what the best part about it is? It's so funny because as you get on it, I think you know the people that we're playing with are are understanding. We were Austin and I were playing very well that morning. I think at the turn we might have been four or five up after nine holes, so we were playing really good golf in the morning match. Right. Let's and then talk we get about to, the, I mean, you. Let's interrupt real quick. You guys won seven and six in the morning match. So like, yeah. you were cooking in that morning match. Yeah. So like, honestly, in the morning, he wasn't striping it as well as he normally did. And I, and I actually just came out of the gate and made six straight pars. And I think at that point we were like, I want to say we were three up after six holes, something along the lines of that. And then I said to Austin, it's funny because I said to him after six, I said, listen, I can only do so much. You know, it's a matter of time before you flick the switch and get going here because I know I'm not going <laughs> to. And I before can't your keep flick, it up. switch gets flicked too and you start falling apart. Right. <laughs> so after I say that, he goes out and birdies seven and eight, just like that. So now we go to like five up. Then we get to nine and he, it's a par five. He's our, he has about a four footer for birdie. I have about like a 20 footer for birdie. And I say to myself, and thankfully, one of the members at Manuswan was out there caddying. And I said to him, I said, I would like to make this before he does. This way my ball counts. Like makes me feel like, ah, I got in before. <laughs> I'm <helping> out. <laughs> yeah. And I make the putt on nine for birdie before him. So not that he wouldn't have made it anyway to make three in a row. But I make it first. And now we're like five up at the turn. The Transfusion Cocktail is the golf club classic you know and love. For years, golfers had looked forward to this drink at the turn or in the clubhouse. Now, Lynx Drinks has created a brand of ready-to-drink transfusion vodka canned cocktails. The classic is made with vodka, ginger ale, and grape juice. The front nine with orange juice and the back nine with cranberry juice. All three are 7% ABV, gluten-free, and are made with natural ingredients and no preservatives. Link's Drinks Transfusions are sold in foursome packs at over 3,000 locations and available in 16 states. Just grab it and go for a perfect tasting cocktail every time. On the course, the beach, a boat, or a barbecue at home with family and friends, you can now enjoy this golf tradition anywhere. We think it will become your new favorite cocktail on or off the links. So go check them out at linksdrinks.com or on Instagram at linksdrinks. Okay, so then, so we get to the 10th tee, and this is kind of where the Jim Nance thing gets kind of thrown in. So everybody knows I'm getting on the call right now with Jim, and I get on the, I got my AirPods in, and I hit my tee shot on 10 first, and I hit, I, I hit a good drive down, down the left center. And I kind of now start walking to the side and getting out of everybody's way as you and I are going through the, the conversation with Jim. Our opponents are in the right rough, and they hit a couple shots down to the left side and out of the way. And, and again, I got one AirPod in, I, I gun the number, I see what the number is, and I kind of just am just like hitting. And thankfully at this point that we were up so much, I, I wasn't like seriously grinding the way I was on other shots. And I think I hit a, a 52 degree to like 30 feet. Not a great shot, but I hit it on the green somewhere, right? Green, so again, two I putt, start... leave, you're, you're on the phone, make your par, walk away. Right. Yeah. 
so I, I hit the I hit it to 30 feet and I'm walking up the left side and, and again I got my phone in my hand as I'm looking at Jim Nance I got the AirPod in and I'm walking to the green and I get to the green and I say to Austin I'm like you know just trying to whisper it so I'm not being disrespectful to you or to Jim as he's talking like where is it going and Austin points like to a spot and no offense, I don't even think I come close to the spot he hits, but you know, I try to think that I have an idea what's going on. <laughs> and I got the AirPod in, the phone's right on the ground, and I put it, right? And do you know the thing goes in the hole for birdie? <laughs> I make I make the putt from thirty feet. The 30. two playing partners the two playing partners look at me like, is this guy serious? He's on the phone with Jim Nance. He's got an AirPod in and he makes the birdie putt. So we may, I make the putt, we win the hole. Now we're we're six up. So Austin birdie seven and eight, I birdie nine and ten, and at that point it was kind of like a matter of matter, a matter of, of holes before you know. Um, so we we played really well in the morning, and then in the afternoon I can't lie, I was really bad in terms of you know very inconsistent. Oh, I do want to say we're probably gonna get we're probably gonna get flack for your audio during the interview. And now well, people yeah, that, should know why, because we're, we're trying to go back and forth between, like, Zoom records all the audio, but Mike is also recording the audio the way we do on, you know, we have, like, you record it locally, so it's, uh, you know, it's like, it's like a little microphone that Mike attaches to his, to his lapel or something. So, like, trying to go back and forth between which part of the audio sounds better it's not going to sound like the quality that you might be used to now with us, but I think it was more important to have the content than the audio. Like, it's the audio is going to sound, you know, you're going to be able to understand, but there might be some times where, like, Mike's talking, it's a little windy behind him or, or you know, whatnot. Yeah, and that was kind of the only real choice that we had what, to, yeah. in order to ensure that I got on it. So, yeah, I apologize again if the audio sounds a little hairy at times. But, um, you know, and then in the afternoon, listen... We didn't play very well, but I will say this. There were three different times when either Austin or I had made a birdie first in the afternoon match, and they made one on top of us. There was another time throughout the match where I hit it to about 10 feet, and they hold hold it out out of the bunker, and I missed the putt, and they won the hole. So the swing that went on... But to make a long story short, we lost the, in the in the quarterfinals on the on the 19th hole. I would say neither one of us played particularly well in the afternoon. I I again struggled putting. Um, I don't think Austin probably hit it as good as he typically does. Um, and you got to give credit because in match play, you know the opposing team played well, played really well, and to make that many birdies on top of somebody else with that much pressure. You know, so the, the guys that we lost to, you know, um, I, I do want to give them a little bit of a shout out. They, they had their own little podcast. So we were out there talking a little bit about what we do and and how we got going and and some of the things that goes on. So, you know, those guys are, are, are good South Jersey guys and, and they do a lot of stuff out at the gap. You know, they, their podcast is called Slammers Weekly. Um, two good guys. They talk. They're 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 active. Um so listen, at the end of the day, we lost in the quarterfinals. So I think we were a little sour after that because we had played, we thought well enough to get at least to Thursday's championship, to the final four. But I, I can't lie, the experience for someone like myself being out there in that arena with those type of players that are like 
really good golfers and kind of getting to see it firsthand, you know, it still shows someone like myself, there's a lot of flaws in your game. And, you know, as much as I like to think at times I can get the ball around, it's, it's one thing to get it around. And then there's one thing to really get it around. And Hamilton Farm, the people there were unbelievably nice. The range, the course, the, you know, the, the short course there, the whole thing is an amazing setup. So again, I know you and I talk about this at large. Like if you get an opportunity to go play somewhere, you drop what you're doing. You're going to go to Hamilton Farm. No questions asked. Um, and then to the NJSGA too is I can't thank them enough for, for allowing me to get on the phone with you to have, you know, with Jim Nance because I was nervous. I didn't know how that was going to be received, but I, I do want to throw this story out there because the rules marshal that was in our group, his name was Dan. Awesome guy, and I'm sure that if you play in any NJ SGA events, you kind of know who Dan is. So, Mike, real quick, uh, every every group has a rules marshal with them in like in these tournaments. So, not every as you got into match play. Once okay. you got into match play, in in just the stroke play side of it, there wasn't. There was. There was um, four caddies out that are there to help assist in case there's a rules needed, but only in the match play match portion of the tournament was there a rules official in the area. Okay. With the group, I should say. Wait, right. So, so it's so so now here we so back to this. This I mean, this whole experience was something else. So, this the NG, the NJSGA marshal his name is Dan, and I'm sure like I said, everybody knows who Dan is. He's a great guy. He knows I'm getting on the call at Jim Nance, and he's got the CBS NFL music going in the background, and he's trying to get near me so he can play the music <laughs> while, we're, while we're interviewing Jim Nance. And Austin had to tell him, like, no, 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 you can't go over there. You can't go over there. <laughs> so I don't know about this until afterwards, and Dan comes up to me and says, listen to this music real quick. And I listen to him like, oh yeah, CBS NFL. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, I wanted to come over there and let Jim Nance hear the music, but Austin told me no. <laughs> it was oh, all Austin, all, I appreciate you it, being our bouncer. Yeah, so it was, it, all in all, it was a really good, really cool experience. And, you know, shout out to the guys that won. I mean, those guys played really well. Eric Diamond and John Have. Um, you know, those guys, you know, won the first major of the year. Um, so, you know, they took down John Browndorf and Jack Sirkanich um, in the finale. So, listen, a bunch of household names in terms of New Jersey golf. So it was exciting to be a part of it and, and to, to dabble a little bit with those guys. Yeah, and I know, I know um, Jack and John uh, had a nice week of golf. They played uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, in the New Jersey four ball, and then I know they played in the member guest at their at their country club, uh, which is a two day event. So that was that's quite a run of of some some good golf there for those guys. So uh, I know Mike just said it that you know from from the other end, someone who didn't play in it. Thank you for allowing Mike uh, NJSGA to allow Mike on and um, to his group and Dan and Austin. Thanks for letting you know the logistics were you know putting the Tetris pieces together, but thank you for, for your help. You know, kind of, it, it takes a village kind of thing. And, and we couldn't have got it done without all the help that we had from everybody. So, so thank you. Matera's Italian market and catering company is located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey at 72 Park Avenue and has everything you need for an authentic Italian table. 
Recently celebrating its 10-year anniversary, Natera's Italian Market brings all your senses alive as you walk in the door. Imported retail products, cheeses and cold cuts, freshly baked bread, and the creamiest fresh mozzarella. All can be ordered on the Matera's on Park app in Apple and Google stores. Above the market, a private space called the Loft can be reserved for intimate family parties all the way to corporate events. So give them a follow on Instagram at Matera's Italian Market. Stop by and say ciao. Matara's, you walk in a stranger, leave his family. Uh, Mike, you want to stay in the four ball? Let's talk a little bigger scale. Let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about the big boys. <laughs> Let's talk about the USGA four ball, which is going on right now. Um, we had Pat Wilson on a couple weeks ago. We had Brad Tilly on a couple weeks ago. Or, you know, a little more recently, but we've had both of them. They are partners, as we've said, in the USGA four ball being held at Kiowa Island. And we're recording this on Sunday. They are T4 right now after the first round. Uh, today is, like I said, we're recording Sunday. Today's the second round. So we'll, we'll see how they go. They shot eight under, a group shot 10 under. So they're, they're right in the mix um, with... Uh, Mike, you're you're a little better at at knowing these kind of things. Do they play four rounds? Is it similar to what the New Jersey four ball did? What's the what's the setup there? So so the setup here for them is is they'll play 36 holes of stroke play. So they played yesterday 18 holes. Everybody played 18 holes, and they fired you know eight under 63. Um, and again, obviously this is Wednesday. So if you're listening today, today would be the finals of if they made it to the finals, today would be the final match play match, May 24th. So after the first round on Sunday, they were T4. I also want to give a little bit of a shout out to one of our earlier guests back in the day, Troy Venucci. Yeah. If, you know, he teamed up, he teamed up with Jack Irons, uh, two little mill guys. They shot seven under in their first round and they were T8 after their first round. So hopefully they're making a little bit of a run themselves. I, I, I do I did see them in there. Um, I talked to Troy after Sunday's night um, after his round, and he said they played really well. So I guess at this point, what would go on here is Sunday, which is today. Obviously, it's Wednesday if you're listening to the podcast. Is the finals? They play 36 holes of stroke play, and then they seed it out to the top 64 teams. Okay, um, the top 64 teams would then play a bracket. You Do you know, know how many teams are play. there? How many teams are there? Oh God, there has to be over 125 teams. I was gonna say, yeah, there's got. I was gonna say, yeah, like 150 yeah. teams or 144 yeah, teams yeah, or something like yeah. that. It's got to be something like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at it now. This is obviously Sunday morning that we're recording this, and somebody's at T126. So obviously, you know, you, there's there's a lot of teams out there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think just like all of them, it's the goal is to get to match play because, yeah. like anything in match play, things happen. So then, top so, sixty-four for Monday, and then and then they just play, you know, sixty-four Monday, thirty-two. They'll play thirty. They'll, yeah, they'll play thirty-six holes on Monday. Up. Yep. Yep. So you get sixty-four, yep. thirty-two. So then Tuesday is going to be like the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight. Yep. Thirty-six. And then, and then Wednesday is going to be the Final Four and the Finals. You got it, buddy. Wow. Nailed it. It's a lot of golf. Yeah, so it's a lot of golf. And, and listen, we're, I'm hopeful that when, when people are listening to this on Wednesday that it is somebody in that New Jersey ballpark there that is just dominating because, man, oh, man, 
wouldn't that be something? If we have, if we have a Team Creamers versus a Team Little Mill final, wouldn't that my, be something? Oh wouldn't that be that something? Would be insane. Oh that my would be gosh, insane. that'd be yeah, wild. Listen, I, it would be. It would be. It would be really, really cool for New Jersey golf if, yeah. if something like that were to happen. And frankly, even if we got one of them in the finals, would be something because. You know, I think even guys on that level, you know, they're just so damn good. And it's just like yeah. legitimately one thing that separates them. And it's really that putter. It's is if the putter's hot and rolling, like who knows what can happen. So, listen, I'm I'm hopeful that when we're listening to this on, on Wednesday morning, you know, Brad and Pat are still alive and Troy and Jack are still alive. And, you know, who knows what can happen at that point. But... You know, listen, it's definitely going to be something that we'll have to look into getting those guys on to, to talk about, you know, their week there. And and hopefully yeah. it's it's one of those groups, you know, holding up the trophy at the end of the week. Yeah, for sure. That was uh, that would be great. And then we talked about that with them. That, you know, I think they I think that's mutual. We want to hear about it. We, I know that. Remember, we talked with Brad. Pat was down there on a work trip, not even playing, like not even scouting the course, but he was scouting places to go at night. So I want to see how the social life was yeah. as well. I can follow how the <laughs> golf went. How was the social life? So that's that's a big, a lot of four ball for us there. Yeah, listen, it's it's exciting. Yeah, as we start to get into the swing of thing, swing of things here, you know, it's it's later May. As Mike said, this was the first New Jersey major. There's going to be it's going to be a few more, and and we have some national stuff. So we're going to be. We're going to be trying to cover that stuff as best we can, especially with guys that we have either had or are trying to get or want to get, or even if they're just New Jersey guys. We're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about these things as they come up. So even if it's just touching upon it, but these are these are two big ones for us. Um, obviously, hitting home with um, having Troy on, Brad and Pat on, and and Mike playing in the New Jersey four ball. Those are those are hitting close to home, so we're going to try to try to keep those up. Since the game began, golfers have longed to spend eternity on the golf course. ExtraHoles.com has made that possible. ExtraHoles.com is a unique way to pay tribute to a golfer who has selected cremation upon their death. Their biodegradable personalized golf balls have been designed as a creative option for family members and friends to celebrate and remember the life of a golfer. Extra Holes Golf Balls, respectfully hand-filled with a sample of a golfer's cremated ashes, when struck off a tee will burst into small pieces releasing the ashes to float in the air and settle softly on the ground. Honor a family member or friend who loved golf or ensure that your family or friends will help spread your ashes on a golf course you enjoyed playing during your life. Get the details and full story by visiting extraholes.com. That's extraholes.com. Mike, I know you got it from the grandstand for me, and you refused to tell me what it was. I do, and before I get into that part of it, I do want to give a little bit of a shout-out to the last qualifier for the qualifier for the New Jersey Mid-Am is Monday. Um, and obviously, again, like we said, we're recording this on Sunday. So hopefully everybody had played well. Um, and, and that will obviously be a, you know, a place that you know really well at Deal is where the championship is held, you know, June 6th. So um, 
know, I'll be curious to see how that fares and, and how the guys play there. And unfortunately, you know, I, I will not be participating in that. I know that some people have said, well, why are you out all of a sudden? Um, I just think that, you know, one of my family reasons, my daughter's soccer game got moved. So some things take priority when you're out a lot, as it was for the NJSGA football that you weren't <laughs> planning on. Um, you got to recalibrate things at times. So that's kind of where that lied. But, you know, best of luck to everybody that's playing there and, and ho hopefully things go well. But let's get from the grandstand here because I think this question is a great one. And I think it makes you really kind of think a little bit here. And, and I know that, you know, again, we're now, what is this, four straight episodes of a question from an audience member. And I know I've tossed this out last time. And, um, if there's any sponsors out there that want to take on this segment from the grandstand is brought to you by, listen, DMs are open. You can always email us the drop golf podcast at gmail.com. And if you have your own question, fire them our way, because I think these are good things for us to engage with the audience. So right here we go. This question is from Mike out in Camden County. If a golfer is set on quote, breaking 100, breaking 90 or breaking 80, and they do so on a par 70 as opposed to doing it on a par 72, does it still count? Would you say you would you need to say, yes, I've broken 90, but it was on a par 70? Does it get an asterisk? What are your thoughts? I can't wait to hear. Mike, thanks for uh, thanks for the question. Um, <laughs> I think I need to be consistent here. If I'm talking about counting a hole in one on attempt green then i think i then i think i need to say that this counts as well which i do think so i, I do think that you can say that you broke you broke 80 your your score is your score does it make you know do do you want to say yeah i've broken 80 you can you can stop there you didn't you're not lying right are you telling the full truth Maybe not, but you you can certainly say that you broke eighty, you broke ninety, you broke a hundred on a on a par seventy. I think it does bring in. Uh, I don't like. I'll counter with that that question with another one, Mike, and then I want to hear what you think as well. But my question is, what's your low round? If you shot a seventy-two on a par seventy-two, so you shot even on a par seventy-two, or you shot a 71 on a par 70, which is one over. What's your low round? What are you saying? Someone says, hey, what's your low round? What are you saying? I think when you're those saying two, low those are, round... Those are two questions a, for you, so... Yeah, I think when you're saying low round, it needs to be the differential to par. So, for example, if I shot 70 <laughs> on a par 72, I'm two under. I shot two under one time. That's kind of how I would phrase it. If I shot 70 on a par 70, I shot even one time, mm -hmm. right? So I still think you got to keep it in relation to what the par actually is. See, that's, that's hilarious because when someone asks me, what's your low round? I think they're asking for a number. I don't think they're asking for relationship to par. I hear that as, as what's your low round? Like if you were to ask me, what's your low round? I'm going to say 78 because that's a number because I think you're asking for a number, not a relationship to par. So that's interesting that we're but hearing that were question. Go ahead. Right. So I, I think I would, I would say I'd say I shot 70 on a par 70. 
or if it was 70 and a par 72, that's my better score. So I would say like 70 minus two is better, obviously, than 70 even par. So I think I'd phrase it that way by adding a little bit to it. But to answer the question from the audience, like if the goal was to break 100, 90, 80, and it's a par 70, I still would say I broke it then. I mean, to the fact that it matters, you're playing that golf course. And if I shot 88 and my goal was to break 90, I did it. I did it. So to me, like, based upon where the golf course is and where I'm playing that day, I accomplished my goal. And I know the argument would say, well, it's a par 72. It changes. But I know the pars change. I understand all that. But the goal is to break a certain number. And it's not like I'm going to play an executive course where the par is 54 and it's like, oh, I shot 78 today. Like, nah, it doesn't count. No, but no, no, no. We're talking about a real par 70, yeah. 71, 72. Yeah. I'm counting it. Um, if you break, you break your, if you accomplish your goal at a par 70, a par 71, or a par 72, and your goal is to break 190, 80, 70, whatever it is, and you break it, check the box, you accomplished it. Yes, you in the back. I have a question. Uh, if you are on a tee box and your goal is to get the ball in the hole, and you get it, you hit the ball once, and it goes in the hole, despite it being a temped green, does that matter? Conversation for a different day. <laughs> I, I like... I, I but think what's, you, your answer to the, what do you, what's your answer to the question? To which question? Do you, you agree with... You, to oh, the audience. I'm counting it. You yeah, think it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, thought I, I, thought I, I thought I was clear on that. Yeah, oh, I'm maybe counting you did. it. Yeah, I'd no, probably, I'm, I'm counting. I probably zoned out when you were talking. Yeah, but you I'd do probably most of the out. time. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm counting it because, because you're, that's the goal. That's what you shot that day. Again, you put the course. You're playing the course that's in front of you, and that's the course that that the superintendent, the head pro, the assistant pro, the club put in front of you that day. You're playing the course, and if it took you. 89 shots to get around that course and it took you 89 shots to get around that course and if that's the goal then 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 go play it i don't know i i'd, I'd say go if you're looking to do that then then go go find go find courses that are par 70s i i don't like uh, to make it a little bit easier but that's i mean we're only talking two shots it's not like if you're looking to break if you're looking to break a hundred Honestly, I don't think those two shots are are, are doing it for you. Because if you're looking to break 100 and you do it once on a par 70, you've probably got nine other times that you're not going to break 100 if you're that high up on your on your scoring. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely counting it. If you want to then go into the story of, of it because it's not the quote-unquote norm of a par 72, then, then that's fine. But I'm, I'm definitely counting it. Yeah, the same way I'm counting think- a hole-in-one. <laughs> but I think I think that's I mean and it's another great topic for debate and I think some people may put the asterisk or may add the comment after the fact. But like all these questions are, I think they're great. I think they're engaging. So I, again, I want to toss this out there that if you have your own question and you want us to discuss it to talk about it, let's let's hear them. So the DMs, like I said, are open. You can follow us on Instagram at the drop underscore pod. You can email them the drop golf podcast at gmail.com send them our way 
All County Exteriors is a third-generation, premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business in a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years. All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Roofster Troops, and parents of autistic children. If you have planned to do any exterior remodeling, Call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. Mike, I want to come back to to that par. Again, you hear, when I say, hey, what's your low round? You hear low is in relation to par. So here's the thing, and I think like this is like, what hold I on. think. Let, let, me set, let me set a scenario for you. You are, you play, you, you know, you're playing golf and you're now at the 19th hole and you're, you're having a bite to eat after, you know, cocktail, burger, sandwich, salad, whatever. And some guy is next to you or some group of guys, they finished as well. And you start, you start having a chat with them. You start you know, conversating and they, and they say, Hey, what'd you shoot today? And you go, Oh, I, I played pretty well. I shot 78. Oh, Hey, that's a good round. That's a good round. Yeah. What'd you guys shoot? Oh, I didn't play great. I shot 88. All right. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was tough out there today. What, what have you? And they go, Hey, what's your low round? And you have to your scenario, you have a 72 or you have two seventies. One of them's on its par 72. One of them's on a par 70. Now, I guess you're saying your low round is 70 in that situation because it's 70 regardless. But say it's 71 and 70. What's your low round? So, again, I think that's where the question is a great question because I think I'm always going to say, like, oh, one time I did shoot. I may not say the number, to be dead frank with you. I might just say one time I was fortunate I did shoot one under par one time. It was a par, you know, I shot 71. It was a par 72. But I have shot even par 70 before. But I think in relation to what the best number is, I was one under at one point through 18 holes. And I think that's kind of like how I would phrase it. But again, I think your low round is, it, is, a, is a great question. Is it the number or is it in relation to par? Yeah, see, I, I think you tell the story either way. I, I, I agree with you. But I think what they're asking for is... A number. The They're num- not asking for the same way. Like, like uh, I, we've told our golfers this too. Don't say I got a par, a bogey, a birdie. Give a number when you're giving the marker the score. We want numbers. We don't want I got a par there. No, say I got a four, because what if you thought it was a par four and it was a par five and you say you got par but you actually got you know like there's you can mess up like that. That's fine. I always think they're uh, like. I think that's asking for a number, so I would give the number first. My low round is a 70, but that's even. I've also shot a 71, which was one under. Like you, I think you tell the story either way, but I think the question is being the question that's being asked to you is asking for a number answer. Toss it out to the audience. Let's hear your thoughts. Yeah. When, you, when, you were, when, you're, when we're asking you what your low round is, is it number 
or is it in relation to par? Shoot me a DM, let me know. We got to put that out on Wednesday. Well, that's our answer, Mike. Thanks for chiming in. Hope that's the answer you were looking for or wanted or whatever. I don't know if that helps you or hurts you, but that's what we got for you. And that's what we got for today. We're not going to throw it to our Jim Nance interview. Again, I don't know how else to describe Jim Nance other than he's the he's the godfather of CBS Sports. I mean, he's he's it and he's he's the one and only. So Make sure you stick around, listen, enjoy some of the stories, the conversation. I mean, we get a whole bunch of good stuff in a short amount of time with him. So I hope you enjoy. See you next week. Golf lovers, get ready to take your game to the next level. Tea to Green Indoor Golf, located in West Long Branch, is excited to offer you an exclusive membership deal that you won't want to miss. You heard that right. For a limited time, Tea to Green is offering a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity to join our community of passionate, passionate golfers. And what's more, with our special promo code DROP, you can get this amazing offer for just $99 for the first month and $129 a month after. That's right, only $99. I know some of you just swerved off the road, but you heard it right. For just $99, you're going to receive three hours of TrackMan Swing Analysis Technology, which is the best in the game. You want to know the cherry on top? We're throwing in an additional three hours. That's right, six hours for the first month. Let's go. But wait, there's more. You'll also get a free, yes, I said it, free 30-minute lesson with one of our experienced pros. They'll guide you through your golfing journey and help you achieve your goals. So what are you waiting for? Get off the couch, get on the phone. If you're driving, wait till you're done. But go sign up. Promo codes drop. Enjoy this amazing deal for only $99 for the first month. That's right. Remember to use the promo code drop on their website at www.t2green.com or call 732-876-4609 to secure your membership deal today. TD Green Golf is the perfect place to learn, practice, and prove your game. Don't wait any longer. Head over to TD Green today. All right, Rob, you ready? I am. Jim wanted to say what an honor it is to be sitting here with you and, you know, to give to give Mike and I some time. Uh, two guys that really just started this back in October. Really, really Thank appreciate you, it. So, listen, I'm a big New Jersey golf guy, so uh, I don't know what you guys want to talk about, but I've got a lot of <laughs> Well, that's, that's perfect for us. So let's get started. I mean, listen, having, having the man of CBS Sports come on our podcast, um, you know, Jim Nance, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and spending some time with Ryan and I. Um, you know, when we told people that, you know, we were fortunate to get someone like you coming on, everybody's eyes and mouth dropped. They could not believe that we were able to get someone like you. But when we talk about what we try to do is we try to shine light on things, all things golf in the Garden State. And, and knowing someone like you that grew up here, that went to high school here, that started the Freehold Regional School District's golf tournament back in the day with Stan Brick. Like, I can't thank you enough for giving us some of your time today. You're very kind, Mike. And you too, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be on just a couple of... Jersey boys here talking about something we love. I feel like uh, New Jersey golf has been a big part of my life. Uh, having worked at Battleground Country Club, 
my youth for five years as a bag boy and cleaning clubs and charging golf carts and scooping up the driving range with uh, scoopers, not any kind of uh, motorized vehicle, uh, doing it the hard way, playing golf at Bam Hollow. If you remember Bam Hollow. With I Lincoln. do, yeah. But I played in a lot of Jersey events, Jersey Boys, uh, Jersey Juniors. I caddied for my pro who I worked for, the great Tony Bruno. And we went all over the state competing in the Jersey State Open, the Dodge Open, and all these uh, wonderful clubs that it introduced me to. So I'm very proud to talk golf with you guys. That's the bottom line, Ryan, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I kind of dug, I did some research and reached out to a lot of people in the Freehold Regional School District and specifically Stan Brick to kind of like pick his brain about you and, and Marlboro High School and the golf. And, and I, I was unaware that you were the guy that started that tournament. Well, Stan Brick was my golf coach. He's still at the high school. I went to Marlboro High School. He's a wonderful friend, Coach Brick. And um, he had a lot of faith in me. I got to play number one on my high school golf team for the last three years. Of course, we played match play back in the day. It wasn't metal play. We played nine hole matches. But my senior year regional high school district, and really it was it was it was Stan who 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 hatched the idea. I just participated in it and I think I won it. But the, the bottom line is I've seen where he's graciously credited me with that, but I give all the credit to Coach Brick, who has spent his life trying to advance young people to bigger and better things as a teacher and as a coach. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have Stan Brick in my life at those pivotal years, those pivotal high school years. And he's been a, a great gift to me. And um, I loved playing for him. And I love being uh, coached by him and mentored by him. And I love the fact that we remain friends all these years later. So he's he's a great man. So, uh, Jim, Mike and I both coach high school golf and basketball in the Shore Conference. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I, I coach and teach it. And sure. Mike's at he does. Well, he's the, the girls' golf coach there, and he's the boys' basketball coach. So we're we're both. Uh, I went to RBR. Mike went to Point Borough. We're we're short conference guys through and through. So well, I played both of your high schools. Uh, <laughs> I I I believe I played Wall once in basketball. I was a basketball golf guy. They tried to get me to come out for quarterback for the high school football team. And I did my senior year out of the blue. I hadn't played since Pop Warner and I was going to be the quarterback and play free safety. Anyway, I blew out my knee just a couple of days before we played Monmouth regional in our first game. Oh, wow. Last, I had to go the rest of my senior year with ligament damage and play basketball as co-captain of the basketball team with one of those giant braces of yesteryear with the hinges on the side, <laughs> the Willis Reed look, but yeah. we played Point Pleasant, uh, Borough and, Red Bank Regional, uh, we 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 got massacred by both of you guys. <laughs> I was just going to say that's right in the heyday of the Danny Stubbs years from from RBR. So those are those early '80s, late '70s teams were were dominant. Well, we were uh, we were the unfortunately we were the doormat that that people love to schedule to get their confidence boosted. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to own up to something here. My basketball coach uh -oh. was a guy named um Coach Skellinger. 
Jack Scallinger, and he was assisted by a great guy named uh, Coach Baricelli. And uh, it wasn't their fault. They just had no talent around them to compete for them. <laughs> and we went 2-20 we went and 20 my senior year in basketball. We beat Howell. We won one of the games. We beat Monmouth Regional. Okay? Two okay. Mass- now, why were those two wins significant? They were significant because my junior year, where I when I was a starter, that sounds really big time until I tell you that yeah. my junior year was was zero and twenty two. Oh. <laughs> so we went we went two and forty two in high school hoops, and somehow, years later, I got inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. <laughs> uh, obviously, not from my playing playing years, but on the broadcasting side, and I tried to keep that information. Uh, <laughs> Under wrap a basketball uh, ability I had. Well, you know, on one leg, it's it's pretty good. Well, we 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 were good in golf, though. I will tell you that we were yeah. we were killer in uh, in in golf, led by Coach Brick, and we had we had some guys that could play a little bit. We had a good five. So, Jim, that's actually kind of where I wanted to start with you. Is what is your you know being being from our area? You know, we're talking New Jersey golf and all that sort of thing. If we can jump in a time machine and you can go back to your to your high school years at at Marlboro on the golf team, what are what do you what memories flash back to you? What's some of your fondest memories of that time period? Well, golf was so central in my life. My my mom and dad were so great to to drop me off and you know provide a shuttle service for me before I was able to drive and make sure that Jimmy got to chase his dream of playing golf. So in the summer. They dropped me off at Bam Hollow, and um, there were 27 holes there, the red, white, and blue nines. A shame they got rid of it. Very sad. I've driven by there. I know it's a big uh, subdivision now, but uh, I didn't want my parents to be strapped with having to buy an expensive membership at that time. We lived in Colts Neck, by the way. We lived in Colts Neck and went to Marlboro High School, but I went to Cedar Drive Elementary in, in Colts Neck, and I was already playing golf in those years. And uh, I've spent most of my youth playing golf with seniors, which I think I look at it now was really vital to my just growing up, maybe a little ahead of my classmates because I was interacting in the afternoon with a lot of retirees who were successful businessmen in their past. And I knew that golf had etiquette and in fact, I could beat them. But I, I, I to, to really keep it interesting for them, they're not going to have some um, fresh mouth kid playing with them. You know, I'd learn just the etiquette of golf. I was raised that way to, for, to begin with. But, you know, you're playing with guys that are 50 years older than you and beyond. And um, I remember that these Tommy Thompsons and these great men that I got to play golf with, Ed Chapman. There was a bunch of old guys from back then, and they took me under their wing. Eventually, it led to me being a bag boy at Battleground Country Club in Freehold. And uh, I worked there for, as I mentioned, Tony Bruno, who was a dear, dear friend, still is. And um, I did everything from helping sign people up in the pro shop and ringing them out, bringing up their clubs from the from the parking lot and cleaning clubs after the round, picking up the driving range and all that kind of thing. And it gave me access to play. And I played and practiced every day. But, you know, I I love the courses in New Jersey. And I mean, I pretty much have been exposed to all of them, particularly in the Monmouth County area. And I have fond memories of competing in all of them, whether it was Rumson Country Club or 
Hollywood, which is crazy how underrated it is to to deal. And I hate to play them all and um, great memories of them all, too. Now, Jim, I think I think one of the things that, you know, your voice resonates with so many people. And just like when they turn on, whether it's football on CBS or if it's the final four or if it's the Masters, like your voice just resonates like in so many amazing ways that, you know, I think it's comforting, honestly, in a lot of ways. And you've had so many unbelievable calls over the years. Like, is there one for you specifically that is like more like, I'll never forget that? Or do they all kind of like, you know, blend in? I mean, you've had so many that in my mind, I feel like I could rattle off five or six right now. Yeah, I think it just as far as the X's and O's, when you're broadcasting these events, you kind of want to put a stamp on the triumphant moment and have a succinct narrative that goes with that that visual. So in golf, I've had a win for the event to uh, Jack Nicholson in 86. The bear has come out of hibernation. Um, Phil winning in 04. Um, is it his time? Yes, at long last. I don't even know what I had said. It just came, it just came out. Um, Tiger in the one of the Tiger 97 is the one obviously, you know, that was like our time. And that was the one for me that like as a young kid, like clearly stood out more so than so many others is like being that little kid and watching Tiger do that. And then hearing that, like that just just made me like, all right, I'm getting into this game. And, you know, that Tiger and you and that whole nine, that was like that's the one for me that like stands out the most. Thank you, Mike. I have to say that the night before the final round broadcast, I sat in the house that CBS rented for me in Augusta's, and I thought a lot about how I would handle the Sunday show. We knew the Tiger was going to win, barring a complete meltdown, but there was no sign that would ever happen because he had a he had this massive lead. And then I began to envision what would it look like when he putted out. And you don't, in most cases, kind of pre-plan that that moment you want it to be more organic but in tiger's case you knew it was going to be his day and you knew with it came a lot of records scoring record youngest ever win largest margin of victory etc cetera, etc cetera. You, you knew this was a moment that transcended the sport you knew that that clip of him holding out on the 72nd hole would outlive us all It'd be played back 20, 50, 200 years from now when somebody's coming on the air with the Masters broadcast and they have their opening tees. You better believe that Tiger putting out of 97, that 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 clip's going to be played forever as long as golf is played. So you better have something decent to say <laughs> over it. It's the moment. So I, I felt pressure. I'm not going to kid you. And at that time, my broadcasting heroes – who guided me more than they even know. I just wanted to be a composite of all of them. And I wanted to make them proud. And I knew all of them, but I felt their presence figuratively peering over my shoulders. I sat and noodled over some possible quick lines to say, I could feel Pat Summerall right over my shoulder. I could feel Jim McKay's wow. presence, Jack Whitaker, Dick Ember, all these broadcasters who had been a part of golf. They were all alive. Chris Shankle, they were all alive at that time. And I knew they would all be watching the next day. And I knew they were already not only friends of mine, but felt a certain investment in my career. They had been so generous to mentor me in each in their own way and i knew they'd be watching the next day to see how i handled that moment 
I was trying to make them proud. And then all of a sudden it just came to me a win for the ages because I thought it would be played back for ages. And that just sounded right. It didn't sound like it had been used anywhere else before. It sounded original. And um, that's what I went up with. And I did have that one pre-planned. And if I hadn't had it pre-planned, I think that would have been uh, disrespectful of the gravity of the moment. So I said it. Thankfully, I got the words out without you know, tripping over myself. But you know, he knocked it in. He pierced the air with his with his fist, and I said, "There it is, a win for the ages." Something of that cadence. And, I could hear you say that on repeat. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I felt like I walked away as though I had accompanied the right, accompanied it the right way. And I have to say, though, I never want that moment to be about me. I'm not trying to overshadow. I'm just trying to put a little headline, a little definitive statement that goes with it. It's their moment. It's not mine. I'm going to fast forward real quick to 2019 and Tiger wins after the long time away and all that his life twists and turns that had gone through his life with injury and other things. And there he won with his kids uh, standing behind the green. They'd never seen their father do something like this before. And I just felt like uh, his life was in a good place at that moment. Um, and I called it almost somber, but I wanted to just be, again, a statement and richer than pushing your voice triumphantly. It was a it was a human moment. And I called it uh, the return to glory. And I felt like it had to do glory in, with glory in golf and glory in his life. His life had come back to a good and wonderful place. And. I did not have that one pre-planned. I can tell you the words came out um, just the way they did on uh, a second's notice. It just felt right. And um, we went into the day not expecting, into that day not expecting him to win. But as he was coming up 18, I just felt the emotion, the heaviness of it. And I knew that he was returning to a place that he hadn't been in a long time. We weren't sure if he'd ever see it again. So it felt right at that moment just to feel the moment and and have that little line with it, the return to glory. It, it's amazing. Just hearing you talk about it again gives me goosebumps. To, to just thinking about I second it. that, Ryan. I second that so much, dude. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, – I love the 19 one. That, that, there's a couple that come to mind, obviously, but I love the 19 one because, like you said, it's, it's so perfectly worded. Um, not knowing how organic it was, you know, makes it even better for me. But but the the place that Tiger was in, he he was obviously down for a number of years, and then to come back and have his family there, and I, I think I think that it was just perfect. I think the, you know, they they talk about being you know silent air for two minutes or whatever it was. I think that was perfect. I think you, again, you're you're a master at your craft, and I think it it's been shown you know numerous times. Well, thank you for that. It was high praise, more than I deserve. I actually, so as I was doing a little research, because obviously, you know, Mike and I are in our late 30s, so we've grown up listening to you on, you know, coming in from Tigers 97 uh, Masters through Final Fours and college football, Super Bowls, all this kind of stuff. I didn't realize that you, I had known or heard stories that you and Freddie Couples were roommates. True. But I had, well, we were sweet mates. We were in the same, Four-person suite. Four of us room together in a two-bedroom, one-bath suite. Okay. Sounds sweet. Sounds like 
we're staying at the Ritz. This was, <laughs> this was like an army barrack. This was bare bones, but yes, yeah, we moved It's a together. college dorm. Yeah. It's a college Co- dorm. So, so I didn't know that you were in Butler Cabin while, when Freddie won the Masters in 92. I just never, because again, that's pre, you know, I'm, I'm six or seven years old then. So that, that's, that's, you know, before I start paying attention to things. So that, as I was doing the research that for me, that was, how cool was that moment for you? Is that a top moment in your career, having one of your best friends, a, a former sweet uh, mate of yours? One. Yeah. Number one. Yeah, that was, and it's, you could see the emotion in your one. face that Freddie doesn't want to cry. You don't want to get emotional. Like it was, that was really cool when I was looking that up. I had, well, I didn't we both cried that. as soon as I signed off the air. Uh, <laughs> we just got into a big bear hug and didn't let go for the longest time. But this was something that, that was so deeply personal and scary at the same time. I was afraid that uh, I couldn't emotionally hold up without a complete breakdown. Uh, the nerves were so raw. I was rooting so hard for him. He had been, along with Blaine McAllister, another one of uh, my roommates. I was so fortunate to be uh, part of his life, five-time winner on the tour. Um, they were, had served the previous week to that 92 Masters. They had been at the 92 Final Four in Minneapolis. My runners, they hung out all week, carrying my briefcase, bringing me stats, <laughs> working with me and Billy Packer and – and uh, Fred was number one in the world at that time. So uh, I really felt like there was a good chance he was going to win the next week. And when he left Minneapolis, they served on Saturday. They both were in the Masters field the next week. And they they left on um, on Sunday from Minneapolis to Augusta. And I turned to Fred and I said, a week from today, the dream's going to come true. Now we'll see in Butler Cabin. We used to talk about it when we were in school. Even a time or two, we rehearsed. As kids just play acting and pretending as grownups, we we play acted. Again, this wasn't every day. This is just time or two. Uh, green jacket ceremony. And then on April 12th, 92, it happened. It happened. The world was so watching. Crazy. And I, I can't begin to tell you how much that moment still lives inside my heart. It's the, it's the number one memory for me of my career because there's just so much pure joy uh, I can't think of anything that could ever top it unless my son, I have a young son um, who's a good little golfer. And, and unless he comes along one day and he wins the Masters, uh, Freddie's uh, Freddy's conquest in 92 will always be. <laughs> <laughs> I think Freddie would, would, you know, I don't know him, but I think he would step aside for that too and say, yeah, that's a better one than, than his. I got a good story that needs to have a place to go because I haven't told it in years. Bring it on. Oh, Here's yeah. your spot. So 79 U.S. Open, Fred's an amateur playing at Inverness in Toledo, and he was low am. And, uh, like a week or two after that, I'm still in the summers working for Tony uh, Bruno over at Battleground. Fred comes to New York. He's being honored as an All-America. They used to have an All-America banquet in, uh, in the Waldorf Astoria. And he was rooming with Bobby Clampett, who was a superstar in college. And I drove up to New York, picked him up, and brought him down to stay with me for a couple of days at Battleground. Of course, everybody knew about this hotshot golfer that was my friend and roommate. And he was coming down to hang out with me at Battleground, help out cleaning clubs, hitting balls, this and that. And he got like a hero's welcome at Battleground. There was a bartender there named Rick, a a bookie on the side for the membership. And he started making bets. 
about what Fred would shoot at Battleground. So, you know, there was action all over the place. We're just kids. We didn't know we're 19, 20 years old. The, the, it was like a Calcutta was going on behind the scenes and we went out and played and <laughs> hell, the whole membership was out there. They could have sold tickets to it. And somewhere along the line, Fred uh, had mentioned that baseball was a big part of his life and that, um, you know, that was his sport growing up. And the first hole was 40 yard par five I, I, at, at Battleground. They've rerouted it since. So we finished the round. I'm, I mean, I think he went way lower than anybody expected. But then there became a bet. Fred said he could throw it, that he could make par by throwing it five times on the first hole without a club. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he, he could make it. He could make it. He could make a par. And not only did somebody said, but you can't even you can't even get on the green in three throws. He said, oh, yeah, I can. So just to kind of tell you what kind of athletic ability he had, Fred, and then, of course, now all by hand, he was able to roll it underhanded. And he made his five, and he knocked it on the green, threw it on the green in three shots. Wow. <laughs> Pretty impressive. With a golf ball. With a golf ball. Yeah. Baseball oh, throws with, with the golf ball. <laughs> That is, that's incredible. What a story. That's, oh, that's some so lore good. at Battleground that needs to be preserved. It's been yeah. sitting in my head for now 40 years and it needed to be told. Well, you got the right spot for it, Mike. We're going to have to circle back and make sure that makes its way around at Battleground. Because that's, that's a special story. That's really good. <laughs> Jim, I don't want to I don't want to keep you too long. I know your time's super valuable, but I did want to just just touch base. I know you're up at Oak Hill right now, uh, and I know you're in. You're going to make the Hill of Fame coming up in in is it is it days weeks? When's that? When's that ceremony? It's today. It's today. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, I, I wanted to say congratulations and and what a special honor that is for you and 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 what does that place mean to you there, Oak Hill? Well, this is the third time I broadcast a PGA championship here. Of course, they had the Ryder Cup here in 95 and U.S. Open here in 80. They've, I mean, they've got so much history. They've gone through a recent renovation with Andrew Green. This place is as lush and beautiful as anything I think you'll ever see. Now, it's not a seaside course, okay? But just, again, taking on one of those old traditional courses and what it looks like, it is stunning. So uh, I can't wait to present it this weekend. Uh, I was here again for two PGAs. I just live, whether it's Augusta or the PGA Championship, shot by shot. I just can't wait to get it started. Um, it's funny you bring up Andrew Green because he just renovated Manaswan River right oh, wow. here in Monmouth County in the past, you know, probably five years, I want to say. Within the last five years, he was the person that came in, renovated the whole place. And I'm not sure if you were able or if you've been able to play at Manaswan River, but that place that he came in and just completely redid is just unbelievable and it's you know the head pro over there chris dimmick has said to me many times he's like mike i'm telling you andrew green's name is going to start popping up and start popping Huge. up and start popping up and it's so funny that you bring his name up, up right now because that's you know one of the courses that you know is near and dear to my heart and it's he, he's done an unbelievable job so i'm not surprised he killed it again at oak hill well, my memory serves me pretty well at times. It's really helped my career to have facts and historical marks in my head. But I, yes, I played uh, Manasquan River back in my high school days. There was a really good junior player. I think we were the same age named Rocky Gentile. Who, oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I, I can't yeah, tell you whatever happened to Rocky. Player. I haven't I didn't know him very well. I just knew he was an exceptional player. 
And I'm going back now 45 years ago in my life, and I can still see someone player. And I remember his dad would be at a lot of the tournaments we competed in, and uh, he played at Manasquan River. Uh, so I I did compete there, and it, it was uh, it, it was a beautiful place. But Andrew Green also just redid Congressional, which has a very proud uh, history of major championships, and he's a star. He is an absolute star. So so I don't know how much more time you have, but I have a quick question for you. And and like when it comes to like golfing in the Garden State, is there a spot that you hold, you know, and take out the love that you have for Battleground? Is there another spot out here in the state that like really you look at it and you're like, wow, you know, I, I, I'd go play there as often as I could. Well, there's a lot of places like that. And um, we had, you know, got to realize like, I, I grew up, playing at BAM and at Battleground. So those memories are really, really rich and deep in, in my heart. And BAM's gone forever, sadly. Um, but Battleground, they they turned it into a development and created some new holes. So it's not the same course. But I went back a few years ago for their 50th and spoke to the membership. And I, I was hoping to get back there to play at another time. I, I haven't. But, uh, you know, we haven't even talked about courses Pine Valley to the south, and I'm not even going to include that. Where you know the playing fields, I competed at places up there: Morris County, uh, Ridgewood, War Caddy at these places, Canoe Brook. Uh, it goes Baltusrol. I've got a lot of broadcasting memories from some of those, like Baltusrol uh, and Plainfield. You know, Liberty National. I'm going to not count those. <laughs> in Monmouth County, and they're exceptional places. But um, yeah, I. You know, I, I know it'd be easy for me to, to to pick another one that's maybe got a larger profile there at Battleground. You know, I, there was nothing like being able to go to Battleground, get in the car and go over to Federici's for, for a pizza, yeah. grab it on the way home right there. So good. Uh, so good. That the pizza's best. so good. The best. You know that a few years ago we had a tournament. It might have been at Liberty National, but um, the Federici family, they... They've heard me talk and extol a few times about how much I love their pizza better than any other pizza. Frankie Frederici, their father, Frank. Um, so they had their 100th birthday, you know, believe it or not. Yeah, and I went. I actually went back to be there for the celebration. Oh, uh, wow. State. We arranged it around a golf event. We did something right there on Main Street. And it was so cool. It was not that well attended. But uh, Friday nights for me at Fed's. Those those were uh, those were golden days for me, and um, it's gone quickly, man. It goes fast, it moves fast. You know, you're gonna hear something here, Mike. Um, Route 34. Okay. Yep. There used to be, and I think it's probably still there. Used to be a driving range and a little putt putt course there. And it Quail was called Ridge. Yeah, Quail Ridge. Quail Ridge. Uh, it used to be called Route 34 Driving Range, but it really, to me, was about the putt putt. So I had a buddy of mine who was best of friends, still is. We grew up together again in Colts Neck. Our dads worked together. And we had massive, massive knockdown, drag-out fights, figuratively, in putt-putt, in miniature golf. And that was our course. So that's the kind of hijinks we were up to in high school, especially <laughs> after we got old enough to drive. We spent a lot of Saturday nights going down and ha slugging it out uh, over putt-putt. <laughs> at what's called Quail Ridge now. Yep. I guarantee for a while there, we we had the record for most rounds played. 
we were regulars. That was a tough track. <laughs> uh, but we had so much fun. That, because of my memories with Cliff, I mean, we were two guys that we didn't have time for, you know, going out on dates or anything. Hell, we'd rather go play putt-putt than go to the prom, you know, <laughs> find somebody to take to the prom. No, we're going to go have putt-putt. We're going to go get Federici's. And again, that's the kind of hijinks we were up to. But those were great, glorious times in our life growing up in the Jersey Shore of Monmouth County. And golf was central to it all, whether it was playing for real or playing over miniature golf. It's, it's crazy because it's so many of our listeners and so much of our audience will know exactly the spots that you're <laughs> referencing. And it's so good. And it's and that's why I said- I think I still have a free game token from 1979 in my possession. I haven't <laughs> cashed it in a while. <laughs> that's so good. And I knew, and I kept saying like, after we were fortunate to get Dottie Pepper on, I had reached out to her and I said, listen, Dottie, I don't know if there's anything that you can do or say about us to let Jim know that we're not like, just like two guys that are just like doing this, looking to talk to him, but like we have a legit thing going. She and did. that's how she got me connected. That's she how did. she got me connected to Jeff. And I was like, Jeff, I'm sorry to be hounding you, but listen, Jim is the perfect guy for us to get on here because, you know, I, I did my research and I knew like, God, when you're talking golfing in the garden, say like, who better than like you? And then when people hear your voice, it's just like, it's like, oh my God, there he is. And then to actually like, you know, to see you, it's like, wow, this is like really happening. Well, thank you guys. Just another guy from Jersey, proud of it. Proud of my history there. Grateful for the people that lifted me on their shoulders back in the day when I was a kid with a dream. Golf was always right in the middle of it. And to one day be able to broadcast golf events for CBS was the ultimate goal. And how fortunate am I to be able to say that I've been able to live it out now for 38 years. And as we talked about, hopefully um, a few years more, I'd like to get to 51 Masters. That would take me to the 100th playing of the Masters. I'd like to see what that looks like to close out one century and begin the next and be able to say at 100 years that I've worked 100 Masters. And um, that's where I would like my final show to be one day. And by the way, I'm leaving this open for... Um, reconsideration you know because time's going so fast 13 years will be here before we know it so maybe then i want to take it a year-by-year -year basis and again <laughs> this is all assuming anybody even cares if i'm a part of their broadcast team i hope they will uh, uh, but i would like to be a part of it for quite a while longer i said goodbye to the pg uh to the i'm sorry the the uh, nca basketball tournament this year i just needed some more time with my my kids and um and i love being able to call that for four decades, but uh, golf and the NFL remain front and center and 40 weeks a year commitment. And um, we're going to enjoy every single second of it. I savor it now because I realize how precious time is more than ever as you get older. Wow. 100%. Yeah. 100%. For sure. Well, Jim, thank you so much again. I know we said at the beginning what an honor it is to, to speak to someone like you and to have you on. If you're ever back in New Jersey and playing Battleground, you need two other schmoes to, to tee it up with. You let us know. All right. It's really been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for some of your time. And again, congratulations on the Hill of Fame. Best of luck this week. Guys, you made uh, this day extra special. And you guys today, I walk away thinking how similar our lives have been with the schools that uh, I'm so familiar with, where basketball and high school basketball, high school golf are are such a part of your life as they were for me. And uh, thank you. I love in some small way being able to rep the Jersey Shore and golf in New Jersey. Very, very important 
and uh, treasured part of my my life journey. So thank you for letting me uh, have a place to be able to talk about it. Anytime you want to, you let us know. <laughs> we'll have to revisit 100%. this in a couple of years. Keep this pod going, guys. Okay? We will. Absolutely. Give everybody my best. And thanks for doing the research on it, too, both of you. I can tell you guys talk to some people that are really important to me, and uh, that means a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you, Appreciate guys. you. Thank you. Take care. All the best. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Now. Thanks, Cindy, pal. Great. You guys were terrific. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.